Hello and welcome to Leonard Cheshire Archives Resonate Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you stick with us and enjoy this short series. My name is Michael, one of the two presenters of this podcast. I am the project officer for Resonate, which officially started in October 2019. In this role, I administer the project. This includes recruiting our transcription volunteers and liaising with suppliers. My name is Stephanie. I'm the archivist for Leonard Cheshire, and I've been working here for eight years. I look after and provide access to the archive of group captain Lord Leonard Cheshire and his work, and I also collect the history of the charity. And I came up with this project. Leonard Cheshire has been supporting disabled people around the world for over 70 years. Their mission is to support disabled people to claim their basic rights, access quality learning and work and live as they choose. So the sound collection, where do I start? Um, it's, it's had a rather complex history and it has taken me a while to trace the provenance. The next stage is to represent this in a workable catalogue, but I do actually think I've come up with a a plan now, which is great. The collection itself began with the founder, Leonard Cheshire. He communicated with his secretaries via tape in the years he was living in a TB hospital, and then afterwards when he was travelling the world. And he also started to record his own speeches and voice notes. And when he got married to Lady Sue Ryder, he then recorded her speeches too. Later, he branched out into recording radio interviews, especially his Ryder Cheshire work with Sue Ryder in Australia. But this communication over tape came the other way. He had friends all over the world and they used to communicate with him on tape as well. And he was also interested in film and soundtracks. So we have a few soundtracks. Hopefully we're going to get a bit more detail now we've had the tapes digitised and the volunteers are looking at them. So that'll be great. At some point in the 1970s, he gave the tapes to some residents at our first service in La Court in Hampshire. They started their own sound studio and radio station in the 1970s and 80s and added those recordings to the collection. In the 1990s, the tapes were moved to the Leonard Cheshire Archive, which had been set up by the founder. And after he died in 1992, the then archivist ran an oral history project collecting memories of him and we have those cassette tapes. Further sound recordings of events and interviews have been added, and there are now 544 items in the collection. That's at the last count, though I do actually think there's probably more. We're digitising 256 of these as part of our Resonate project. Resonate is funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund and the Foyle Foundation. It's a digitisation and digital volunteering project. The first tasks have been to set up the volunteering element. That's working out how to recruit volunteers, get training designed and made for people to do online. We're quite lucky that we are a charity that has a lot of volunteers. So we already had a system that we could plug into for recruitment online, which has been great. We also promoted it 
on the Archives NRA listserv and on Twitter, and we've had a great response. We've already tested some simple ideas with a previous project that was also funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund called Rewind, so we decided to do the same here. We trialled a free transcription software before as well, but nobody really took it up and we weren't able to train remotely, so we decided to keep it simple again because we knew it had worked before. All you need is access to a PC and a word processing software and media player, and you're good to go. We share documentation and files with people using a free file sharing software like Dropbox. We have given people advice on free transcription software there is to use out there, and I have actually heard back from one volunteer saying they're going to give it a go. So I guess watch this space to see how successful that is. It would be great if somebody gave it a go, but I've done a a couple of transcriptions and I've just been using a media player and Word. (laughs) Well, then maybe I'm a bit old school. (laughs) All the sound recordings we have are on obsolete formats, some over 60 years old. We had a scoping survey done thanks to an Archives Revealed scoping grant, which gave us some advice. This scoping report was really useful for our funding bid. We had applied before and got rejected, and I believe having this report to back up our reapplication swung it in our favour. We've included in the project budget money to get the tapes digitised and also turned into subtitle films, as accessibility is very important to us. Finally, the podcasts. When I was designing the project, I thought it would be good to have a learning opportunity for people. And podcasting seems to be having a moment. So it seemed, you know, why not get people to learn about podcasting? We're planning three podcasts, one by project staff, which is me and you, Michael, and two led by volunteers. And I'm really interested to hear the volunteers' opinions and thoughts about the process or what they've listened to, good and bad. The podcasts are going on YouTube, mainly because it's hard to find an accessible free platform for podcasting. And also we know that YouTube is still really popular with online audiences, and we already have content on there from the archive. Training is being designed with a contractor with expertise in this type of thing, and we are making subtitle films for YouTube, both the training films and the edited sound clips. And it'll be really interesting to see how all this pans out. Resonate is an ongoing project and is aiming to finish in February 2021. Currently, the project is in the transcription phase. Volunteers have been trained, sent recordings and been asked to transcribe them. The months leading up to the transcription phase were mainly focused on project admin. Between October 2019 to February this year, we were able to select a digitalisation supplier, an evaluation consultant and a podcast trainer. During this time, we also recruited our first group of volunteers. This process we managed to administer through Leonard Cheshire's volunteering portal. During this transcription phase of the project, we will also be providing podcast training to our volunteers through the form of tutorial videos and email support. As Stephanie has mentioned, we want our volunteers to think critically about what they are transcribing. Particularly, we have asked our volunteers to take clips from any recording and describe why they found that clip interesting. The final phase of the project will take the form of an exhibition, which is currently planned for February 2021 in a venue in Derbyshire close to the archive. Although some question marks have been raised due to the current COVID-19 pandemic, we have a contingency to create a digital exhibition if necessary. I just wanted to add that we are recruiting volunteers in phases and have so far received a massive response to all our adverts. We welcome anyone to volunteer, not necessarily just from the heritage sector. We currently have a waiting list for applicants which can be added to by contacting our email 
Archive Centre at LearnCheshire.org. So why should you spend your valuable time listening to the two of us? Especially when there is now over 800,000 active podcasts to choose from. Well, let me explain the uniqueness of this podcast. This podcast, except for this first episode, will be volunteer-led. Therefore, I am a co-creation element for our volunteers. This co-creation will allow them to provide their own interpretation of the sound collection, rather than having us to pick our favourite bits because of our own previous experience with the collection. We want our volunteers to think critically about its recordings. What does this speech, interview, even piece of music mean to them? Does it reflect contemporary issues today? Or does it represent something personal in their own lives? Most importantly, our volunteers will be able to express how these recordings made them feel. Our volunteers will amplify how important archives are and why access to them should always be broadened. To summarise, we have little control over the content of this podcast. Furthermore, the digitalised sound recordings themselves will be played in this podcast, alongside volunteer contributions. This means all listeners will have access to the original recordings of discussions relating to a wide range of themes which still have relevance today. These themes around disability rights, the RAF of wartime, and even the morality of war. I'm hoping our podcasts will give other archives some inspiration. I mean, our setup is pretty simple. It's just me most of the time and a member of project staff if we've got a project on. But if not, it's just me managing the outputs of the project. You know, it doesn't just end when the project ends. We've got no complicated, expensive technology to commit to or understand. So perhaps it's less intimidating for participants and also I count myself in this. Sustainability is a big issue and one that funders will ask about. It's definitely played a big factor in some of our decisions. I've been able to use the expertise of colleagues to get funding. However, this has meant a lot of work. I would advise to definitely set aside time to do an application. Don't do it a day before the deadline. You want to take some time to make sure that what you're committing yourself to is realistic. Also to contact supporters for some uh, written support. That's always great. Designing budgets can be a challenge. Um, I do it by contacting people for quotes and I make it clear it's for a funding budget. That will help you once time comes to tenders. You will already know who's out there. We've used networks already available to us for volunteers. We've not forgotten staff, service users and current volunteers who are our biggest audience. We get some engagement from Twitter, but the best by far is the JISC Archives NRA listserv, which has phenomenal reach. Within a few minutes of posting, we've got expressions of interest. Our record is 20 in 15 minutes. It's a bit overwhelming. We have an online recruitment and training portal as a charity that we can use, which has definitely made things easier. I would think this would be a challenge if you work in an archive or heritage setting where volunteering isn't your everyday way of working. I suggest to get in contact with your local CVS, the Council for Voluntary Service, for help. We've got an office in Swaddlingcote. They are very helpful. They're used to advising people on charity work and volunteering. There's also a free volunteering portal called Do It, where you can advertise volunteering opportunities. That's got quite good local reach. And we've also used the University of Leicester Museum Jobs Desk because they also advertise volunteering opportunities. 
we will learn some things as we go along and COVID-19 is going to be a challenge. We've had a lot of applications because people are looking for things to do from home, which is great, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's having a lot of active volunteers. I know I learned from our past project that when people come to you to volunteer, they usually have a period of time in mind and the recruitment process takes time. So it could be that you actually miss the boat with some people because the time they've got in mind to volunteer with you has been and gone. So I would definitely factor that into the way that you plan volunteer recruitment, maybe plan to have three or four rounds of recruitment to replace people who have left. And also don't take it personally when people leave either. You know, if they're volunteering their time and people are busy, that is just what happens. But, you know, people want to have a good quality volunteering experience. So definitely take the time to do a proper induction. I hope the podcast will also shed some light on the history of the charity and the people who've contributed over the years. A lot of the recordings are of the founder's own talks and they really show us the themes he was concerned with throughout his life. The charity has been around since 1948 and has been involved with a lot of social change and continues to be so. The recordings show changes in language describing disabled people and also changes in the aspirations of disabled people. They show how the charity has contributed to the championing of basic human rights of disabled people and their role in challenging discrimination. Because part of the collection is also the founder, Leonard Cheshire's personal collection, we have quite a lot of tapes about his, his inner life. He was a very devout Christian, so we have sermons. Uh, we also have some interviews that he made with people he knew from the Second World War. There are a couple of contributions from members of his family. We've got interviews with people who knew him. They were done after he died in 1992. And that was a seminal moment for the charity as well, because he had been very much the figurehead up to that point. We have some oral histories with residents and service users, which are quite interesting. Uh, they talk about their lives and what, what life is like living in a care home or in a communal way. So I'm hoping that the podcast will show some of this rich history um, and show how the charity has grown and changed and how society has grown and changed. We decided to approach the podcasts themselves in a prospective way, reporting on the project as it develops. I'm hoping the volunteers will pick up some aspects we haven't thought of as well. I think the collection is so eclectic, it's difficult to have the podcast on any one subject. And it would be good to have discussion over the actual work of doing a project such as this, not just saying here's the finished project, but share what it takes to get here. It's also important to say that many of these recordings have not been listened to before. Through this podcast, we'll be exploring the recordings for the first time with you. Although I can't promise you there'll be any huge revelations that come to light, I think it's exciting that us, the volunteers, and you, the listeners, are the first to hear these recordings. Thank you so much for listening to this first podcast for The Resonate Project. We hope we've given you the incentive to keep listening. Most podcasts at this point will give a teaser for the next episode. 
Though since we don't know what the content will be, we can't. But I would say that's another reason to keep listening. In the meantime, you can explore the archive's digitised film and oral history collections on our website, which is rewind.leonardcheshire.org. We also have a Twitter page, at ArchivesLC. Now this will be the place to hear about updates for the project and when our next episode will be released. For now, it's goodbye from Steph and myself.